Hey everybody, welcome back to 9-4 Radio. I'm Sarah, I'm your host, and uh, I am joined by uh, Dr. Theresa Andrews again with uh, Fargo Naturopathic. That's right, right? That's correct. Ah, oh, solid. <laughs> yeah. um, well, thanks well, again, Sarah, for having me on, and I'm super excited to be back and have another conversation with you. Sweet. Um, I will do another on-air production meeting, and I was thinking about calling this office visits. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I do do some work in between uh, in between work recording sessions, but um, I wanted to. So we wanted to get together and make this an ongoing uh, series here in Nine Four Radio. So be on the lookout for that uh, today. We were just naturally chit chatting about. Um, Actually, why don't you set that up? You're talking to a patient or a client? Yeah, I was thinking about Sarah this week and I was, a patient asked me a question about blood flow restriction exercise or in their exercise um, regimen. And I get often asked a lot about what I would consider fad trends or that new kind of shiny wellness thing that people have questions about. Um, you know, they cycle every year, every five years where we talk about it with, you know, dozens of clients. And so I was just asking Sarah about, well, what's your experience with this? Do you recommend that? Is that safe? Is that not safe? And I was just curious about, you know, what fads that, um, that you see in your, your industry. It is a target rich area for all kinds of fads, uh, just like the medical industry and like self-development self, like, personal development. Um, I think all those things kind of run in trends and, um, and they do run in, in cyclic patterns because like as human beings, we just, we want to kind of, we want to kind of try something new because obviously what we're doing isn't working. And what I would, um, what I would say is, is that the things that are going to really yield the biggest benefit in medicine, health, fitness, lifestyle, all of those things is consistently doing the boring things so that you can do like the super fun, uh, expressing all of your fitness, um, all the fun things outside of, of training. So, uh, you talked about blood flow restriction and <clears throat> I have heard of it. Um, I do run in some biohacking circles. Um, I've listened to some, to some folks for some while, for a while, and I've, I've, tried to a certain extent, most of the things, um, I haven't tried blood flow restrict restriction training. Um, it's, it falls in one of those like weird gray areas where is it a tool for physical therapy? Um, there are what I would consider, um, risky or irresponsible fitness professionals, um, playing around with it. Um, not so much these days, but when it first came out, uh, before they really knew what was going on, um, what I, and what I talk about with, uh, with blood flow restriction, it's very similar to someone who comes in and they would love this <clears throat> supplement. I can't sleep very well. I want this supplement. I want this thing. Uh, meanwhile, not necessarily doing anything to address any kind of sleep hygiene, right? So, um, not sleeping in a dark room, not trying to set their temperature for a cold, uh, for a cold environment, not getting up at a consistent hour, not going to sleep at a, at a, um, at a consistent time and just like jumping into, um, like the hack, right. 
So if you're like uh, normal Americans, <clears throat> common Americans, average American, um, you don't need blood flow restriction. Um, there are circumstances in like a medical setting for like physical therapy where blood flow restriction actually has a lot of, um, has a lot of benefits uh, for most Americans. There's a myriad of free things that you can do to start your fitness journey or wellness journey in general. I'm not going to like just stick to fitness. Um, that is going to yield you incredible results uh, that you don't have to pay a professional for, that you don't have to um, leave your house for. You don't have to buy anything. You can leave it like leave the Amazon guy alone for a while um, and, and just get rolling with it. Um, before I get to like started on my huge lengthy list, what, what would you say that that's a common experience? People coming to you, um, asking about the newest, coolest trends in medicine or in fitness, or is that something that's kind of an outlier and, or they just like, Hey, I heard about this. What are your thoughts? Is it like, I want to try this or is it like, uh, do you know about this? What what's kind of your experience, Theresa? Yeah. I would say it's very common, um, probably common in a lot of professional, you know, workplaces, you know, whether you're a personal trainer or a doctor or a physical therapist or a counselor. And I do oftentimes get patients where they come in and they want that supplement or they come in maybe on their own supplements and um, that they've, you know, some online influencer was selling or they got targeted with an ad or they went to just a basic supplement shop and, and went to the sleep section. I'll just use your, your sleep example. And they just picked out a bunch of things and tried it and it, it didn't do the trick or it, it does do something, but not everything. And so I oftentimes talk to patients about how that is the difference on going to a naturopathic doctor versus doing that research on your own, just because depending on who you're listening to or, you know, what websites you go to or what resources you read, everybody's going to have a different take and they're going to have a different recommendation on what you should take. Um, and there might even be some product duplication in there where, you know, a product is labeled, you know, for sleep and then the other one's labeled for stress or mood, but they have a very similar formula. And before you know it, you're doubling or tripling up on ingredients that you don't need. And so coming to me, um, the difference would be that we're actually assessing that function and, and determining what are those underlying issues that we need to address, just like you're saying on like, you know, is it basic sleep hygiene that we need to work on? Is it exercise? Is it diet? Is, do you have some type of nutritional deficiency or imbalance? And actually figuring out, well, what is it? How can we track it? So numerically, how can we track it? Not just based on the symptoms. And then what's going to be the most appropriate thing for that person? Um, so, you know, there are lots of blanket recommendations and they do help some people, but they're not going to help everybody. So, you know, if you take that shotgun approach, well, yeah, you might hit, hit that target a few times, um, but you're also going to miss a lot. Um, and yeah, kind of spot on what you said, there's so many other things to try before just pills or before going to that next intervention, which I would consider that blood flow restriction, going back to that example, that that would be you know, probably that higher force intervention compared to what you're doing with your clients. And I'm super curious on, on what you recommend and kind of where you were going with that com part of the conversation on, on the things that they can try before, you know, going to that fad or trying that next new thing. 
Yeah, for sure. So um, <clears throat> what I what I tell all my clients, uh, and even like my prospective clients, there's people that um, I will not like. I just I won't ever work with. Um, do you know due to a myriad of factors, us just like not being a good fit because honestly taking a bunch of the, the free advice, they can just implement it and they're off on their way. So um, what I tell everybody is make your bed, journal five minutes every day, walk around your block and move your body 10 minutes. If you do those, <clears throat> do those four things, 30 days in a row, you're going to see, like, you're going to see a significant change. Then from there, you, you've like, you've already de demonstrated that you can do something consistently. Right. Um, and building that habit oftentimes is like the, it's like that waterfall or that like keystone moment where you prove to yourself that like, oh man, I can do something. Um, and there's like, there's reasoning behind all the things. So like the first one I always say is make your bed and there's two camps. There's people that are like, okay, well, I've already, I, I do that. I've been making my bed every day since I was three years old. What's next, right? Then there's people that look at me like I'm nuts. Like, <laughs> why would I make my bed? That is, I, I haven't made my bed consistently for the last 30 years. What is making my bed going to do, right? Um, and like, I've always, like, I'm one of those people I've always made my bed. The army taught me how to make my bed when I was 18 years old. And I thought I knew what I was doing and turns out, I didn't know how to make it properly. Now I do. Um, but making your bed, honestly, like it's a, it's a subconscious, it, like in your subconscious, your present self is taking care of your future self. Um, and it's just, it's, it's in my estimation, it's like the easiest thing you can do just, and it's because it's like, it's ingrained, right? Like just make your bed. That's easy. It takes four minutes. Um, I, I recommend that like, the first thing. So if you even broke these down to these four items, you could do one and then like stack another habit on like, this is four months of basically free programming that is going to get you, um, it's going to change the, the entire way that you approach your life. Right. So, and I know that's like a pretty lofty statement, but if you give me, what is this? 120 days, that's a, that's a significant time shift, um, making yourself a priority. So first out of the gate is making your bed, allow your current self to do something that's going to benefit your future self. Uh, journaling. That's the next one. And that is by far the hardest without accountability. I, uh, I just recommend free writing five minutes, pen to paper, keep it moving. And, and I do mean pen to paper and I do mean, keep it moving. Um, because there is science behind the act of writing. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know exactly why it works. I just know that it works. So, um, there's, there's a ton of good things that come from giving yourself time to think and then giving it a place to go. So you can have 25 days of, I don't know why I'm still writing this pen, you know, the pen is on the paper. I don't know why Sarah's having me do this. This doesn't make any sense. You could write that 25 days in a row for five minutes on the 26th day, something magical is going to happen. Right. And maybe it's not day 26. Maybe it's like day five. Um, you're just like, something is going to come out of your psyche and you're just going to, you're going to be hooked. Um, moving. 
I literally just mean moving. Um, depending on where you're at in your like physical journey, I, I have suggested, I've started off people with literally taking five minutes and practicing laying down on the ground and then, and then standing up. And I don't mean like seven minutes of burpees, right? We're not talking like ridiculous CrossFit things. I mean, literally, I don't care if it takes you five minutes to lay down and then five minutes, a full five minutes to stand back up one time just start where you're where you are and like move forward so movement five to ten minutes um if you can like get down and get back up and it's no factor um i obviously like do things that are going to be a little bit out of your comfort zone um whether that's squatting down to a chair and standing up whether that's literally if you're like just out if you're only just out of practice like you're a former um exerciser worker outer, um, do something, just do 10 minutes of something. Right. And, and do the thing that feels the easiest so that you're going to do it. Um, and then walking around your block that gets you outside in the elements. I don't care what time of year it is, get outside, walk around your block. Um, because getting outside that already, like you have to experience the elements, you get some sort of sunshine, hopefully on your face. If you're not, um, if you're not walking around in the middle of the night, um, which if you work nights, if you work nights, I suppose that's a thing. Um, and, and you, you are moving your body. So there is new science, uh, new to me anyways, science that talks about the act of like locomoting. So walking forward and how that signals to your brain that you're in safety. So if you find yourself anxious, if you find yourself, um, really feeling overwhelmed, if you go for a walk, outside, you're going to get the benefits of being outside, get the elements on your body and you're walking it forward. So, um, that's probably why that is suggested, right? Like grandma told you to walk around the block when you get all pissed off. There's a reason for that, right? Like she's not just, we didn't know that there was a reason, but turns out there's science that's backing up what grandma has to say. That's awesome. Um, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say with your, so kind of going back to what you're saying on that, you know, working with the right people and that, you know, giving, you know, this kind of free introduction, is that your way of kind of assessing people's readiness to work with you or how, how do you implement that in your kind of new client process? Yeah. So I, I really, I really make a concerted efforts to the knowledge like all the information, all the knowledge that should always be free. Um, I'm, I'm, there's nothing in my system that I'm, I'm holding back from anybody. Um, if I hear about something and it, and it's, it's interesting and it, and it's important and it's actionable, I always just like try to flood my social media channels with, um, with actionable tools, like actionable information, actionable things that, um, if someone had the uh, like the time and the interest to go through all my social media and, and, and really implement those practices that like felt good to them. Uh, people, everybody, everybody, everybody would see some sort of positive result. Um, where my practice really like the heart of my practice is customized strategies, structures, and then support. Right. So 
I, I'm not very dogmatic about fitness, uh, methodologies. Uh, I am a recovering CrossFitter. So I have lived the life where I was very dogmatic about fitness and I, I, I believe there's room for everybody now. And so with that, um, like, you know, specializing in working with people who are tired of feeling like their best days are behind them and are like ready to, to build some durability and strength uh, so that they can welcome challenge and adventure wherever they find it. Um, it's not an information thing. We have so much information. It's actually like getting to know that person and determining what the appropriate strategy is for them, right? You could, I could get um, two partners in my office and partner A, partner B, my strategy is probably going to be a little bit different. There's generally a one size fits all, um, only works in like those really big sun hats. Um, it doesn't work for, for anything else. There's not, there's not a one size fits all. So, um, that's where uh, the big crux of my social media push is to get all of the information that I have available out to like the masses. And then when I meet people, it may not seem so on the podcast because it's, I'm required to talk, but I've spent the last four years of my life really learning how to listen, like, and not just, and, and not just like, like be it, like be a tape recorder, but actually like listen and, and like provide some sort of, um, be able to like pick up on the, on the unsaid things that are, you know, that we're talking about. Um, kind of like when you go to therapy and you talk to your therapist for 57 minutes and then the last three minutes, like everything comes out. Um, I try to, with my clients help discern, um, what the important things are. So is that kind of what you find when you're like in your onboarding process with your clients? Yeah. I, I like that you just said in the, in the last four minutes of that hour, I, you know, in the system that I was in before, I always found that that was the golden <clears throat> transition was that hour, you know, right at that hour, we're getting to the good stuff. And that hour and 15, we're really diving into the core issue. And then usually that would put me over time-wise. And so it, there is this, yeah, there is almost this like natural, even when I'm doing like craniosacral on somebody, like typically it takes most people an hour, an hour and a half to fully let their nervous system relax in order to allow the treatment to work the best. It still works, um, but just I find that's when I can do the most work is at that like hour, hour and a half when that if you've ever experienced that, that moment where you feel completely relaxed, where you have that, that shift where you're like, you know, that, that deep release, that mm -hmm. sigh, that like almost before bed, or when you you know sink into a hot bath or you get a massage or, you know, a loved one is rubbing your back or, you know, playing with your hair on that, that audible release. And, and that's the, that's what we want. We want that nervous system to go from that sympathetic to parasympathetic. And I think it's same with when we're talking verbally about things as well Is that, that mental shift of that, oh, you're putting together the own pieces and we're kind of just walking them down that, that path of, oh, now I'm seeing that, you know, the way that I'm eating or this relationship or my job or this 
habit has this negative effect on my well-being and it's yeah and it's like it's this collaborative effort too so i i have found that as i build relationship like with my clients it's it's easier but right but it, it does it takes that investment right out of the gate um because we don't get listened to and most yeah. of the time, like we just like, as human beings, we don't listen to each other. We're not, we are not very good at it. And I read, it was probably like a Brene Brown book, but basically being heard is so close to feeling loved, uh, just in our, in us, like in our emotions as human beings, that when we actually feel heard, it's a, it is a, uh, it's a watershed moment in that relationship. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it, is that something that you found is like when you have clients like that first few or first couple, um, visits, it, it does like it, it takes some repetition. And then all of a sudden, like you walk in and that person's like kind of free as a bird for the, within five minutes of coming in the office or like they cross that threshold and they know that this is like, I'm going to be taken care of. And they kind of just like take all their armor off. Yeah. I mean, it, it varies person to person. And, and if we're, if we're a good fit, like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've encountered this where you, you meet somebody for the first time and you just feel open and honest and, you know, you relate to each other. It's easy to understand your communication styles. And so with those clients, like that happens a lot faster versus if somebody comes in and they have a lot of trauma, they've built up all these emotional walls around themselves or, this almost shell or this calcium shell, um, which if you become a naturopathic patient, you'll, <laughs> you'll understand that reference. Um, and maybe if any of my patients are listening, maybe they'll understand that too, of, of our life creating hardness or making us feel hard and not having enough of those moments that help us feel soft um, or loved or cared about. And, and that can be that, that listening component that you were talking about. Um, yeah, so with not to, not to backtrack too far, um, but I'm curious on, let's say I'm a, a new client for you. Mm -hmm. What's the, what's that first session like? So our, like, our very, yeah, absolutely. So our very first session is assessment. The, the way that the the way that my process works is basically we, I figure out where you want to go, you know, like what's your dream state where, like, where is this, where's this boat headed? What are we, what are we going to do? Like what, what fun are we going to go find? Right. And then that's, <laughs> that's all the discovery. So when we I'm like, yep, I'm on board, this is going to be life-changing for you. It's meaningful. It's worthwhile. I'm down for the cause that first session. Um, and up to the first week is all assessment. So we go through a like a joint by joint, head to toe movement assessment where I look for pain free ranges of motion. Um, we look for weaknesses, so like strength imbalances, and uh, and we do that in a in a myriad of ways that are that are like meaningful to the client, right? So I have a list of twenty different exercises. Um, that I use to determine the strength balance and to determine, um, like the mobility 
and the flexibility. Um, I'll probably with any average client use half of that because some of those just literally are not meaningful uh, to them, depending on if they're sport versus non-sport, if you're a hiker versus I want to like be able to, um, uh, like, I just want to be able to walk down to the end of my mailbox. Um, and so we spend that first session up to that first week, just going through assessments. And, um, it's, I, I always, I, I tell my clients, like I tell my clients in those moments that look, when we're doing assessments, this is, this is one of the toughest parts of we're of us working together. The first is just making that very first reach out that very first, like, Hey, I saw you on Instagram and I'm interested in this. Uh, that is by far the very, that's the hardest. Uh, the second hardest is literally getting the, getting an accurate location of like where we are, like where are we at for cardio conditioning? Where are we at for, um, for strength balances? Where are we literally at for, um, for pain-free rages of motion? Because as human beings, we always think that we should be somewhere where we're not. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's like, oh, I, I got to get in shape so I can join this gym. And it's like, well, that's a, that's a strategy, I guess. Um, and, and my entire process is it, like, I call it a pathfinder process. So it's, it's very like navigational, navigationally reference, uh, references. And it doesn't like, you have to know where you are currently. Otherwise you're never going to be able to carve a path to get to where you're going. Because if we, if we're not like honest about where we are on this map of our human existence, then we're I, I like we can get close but like it's it's never like it just doesn't make any sense to to not do that so that's that's where we start and then uh from that assessment um i go back into my lab and come up with a path um that strategy the structure and then offering the support and so even like talking about not being dogmatic about my approach um i have clients that I recommend go to yoga. I have clients that I recommend, like I will recommend Peloton classes for them. Um, I have clients who I recommend go to jujitsu. I have clients that I recommend go for a hike, um, like with a, like with, with a group or go, for, go ruck. Um, so it's not all like the strategy isn't, isn't all of my programming. It's like, Hey, what do you want to do? Let's see where we're at. I'm going to make sure that we resolve those pain-free ranges of motion and, and get those strength balances back so that you're, you can go crush life. Right. Um, but ultimately I am resolving people's relationship with physical training so that they can go like crush it, go do awesome things. And, uh, the big part of, of my coaching practice is that it is by design a, a temporary relationship. And I, and I mean, um, like I, I want to be in contact and I'm definitely in contact with all of the clients past and, and current, but the level of, of my, um, involvement in their journey, like people just become empowered and that's by design. So like if we're using the, the navigational analogy at first, you know, I'm taking a look, I'm figuring out where we're at with their input. Um, and then kind of carving a course, plotting them, like plotting the map. And then those first couple of steps, I may be trailblazing, right? I may be, okay, follow me a little bit. And then eventually we're going to get to where we're walking side by side. There's more input. Hey, I really like this. Hey, I really don't like that. 
Hey, um, can we, can we never do this? Or I, I just saw this thing. I'd love to explore it. Right. So then it's more collaborative. And then we get to a point where that client is leading the, they're, they're leading the journey. They're, they're on the move. They can see the destination. And, and I'm like, Hey, call me for support. I'm going to be back here. You've got it. And ultimately that's the ideal client experience that I have is, is, is empowerment. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, and I admit, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I really like your, your pathfinding and, and just helping people direct on which way they need to go um, journey wise. And, and that just leads me kind of tying back to, to when patients come in with a fad trend on how do you, or what's your process on walking that patient through the why on, on, on what they're looking for on, on how they ended up, you know, trying to pursue that fad, um, or their reasons for, for seeking you out. I know you mentioned it a little bit, but kind of just walk me through some of like the questions or, or how you, how you navigate that to, to help those patients down that right path. Oh, for sure. So I've definitely, um, I, I don't, I, I think people get a lot of, um, they get a lot of advice, you know, and, and whether it's, it's by design or whether it's by osmosis, um, people just get a lot of input and not necessarily like, they don't necessarily get to like process or, or, or like create or have any output, um, of, of any like true meaning. And when I work with people, that is one of my biggest intentions is making sure that, um, that it's a collaboration, right? So I have ideas, but I want to, I want to, I want to know how they got to that frame of thinking because I'm really bad at math. And, um, and I never knew that, like, I, I'm always very confident, but, and I, so I would do these like math problems, right. And you got to make all the proofs and you got to like have this, you know, algebraic algebra problem. And I would work all the steps. Right. And I would get this answer and I'd be like, that's, I would check everything. And I was like, yep, we're good to go. And the math teacher was always like, that's not, no, what are you? No, this is, this <laughs> no. is not, this no. is not right. No. Right. <laughs> but if I just wrote that answer down, they would be like, well, that's the wrong answer. Right. And then we would never know where in my thinking I got off course. And it wasn't because I wanted to be a bad math student. It was like, no, this all makes sense. Like this, like this makes sense. And that makes sense. And this is what I remember. And these are the calculations. And so I want to honor it. Like I want to pay for that. You know, the, the math teacher was kind to me. Um, and I want to repay that or, you know, pay that kindness forward. So I really just ask earnest questions. I, I don't feel like I know the right answer for everybody. Um, blankly just out, you know out of the gate i i definitely have tools that can help people um to build strength and durability and i want it to be custom i want it to, to i want it to fit like a glove and i'm not gonna be able to do that unless i i ask those earnest questions um the the some of the questions that i that i ask um in my discovery process so what have you tried like, you know, like, what's your goal? Generally people like lead with that. Um, if they didn't, then I'll ask them that. And then I'll ask them what they tried. Like what, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. What have you tried? Um, because I want to know, I, the last thing I want to do 
is do a bunch of work writing a plan that that person has already done, right? Because that just reinforces that, um, well, this should have worked, right? And I probably pulled that plan out of God knows where if I never would have asked that question. So what have you tried? And what, you know, what's worked, what hasn't worked? And then like, what does that mean to you? Because, um, well, I like five of my friends tried keto and it didn't work for me. Well, what that tells me, like, so what does that mean to you? What people won't say, but what they're 100% feeling is I'm broken. It worked for all five of my friends. There's something wrong with me. Right. And so then we like unpack that, like, what do you, like, what does this mean to you? And then just like be a very good sounding board, um, off of that. It's what do you like, what do you want to do? You know, what's, what's the, what does success look like? What is like to the, to the core, what does success look like in our relationship together so that they get a say, they get to set the expectations, right? Um, most people don't get that. And then the biggest question for me, like this is the, this like spoiler alert, anybody that reaches out to me, this is the question that will determine on my end for sure, whether or not we're a right fit. And it is, why is this meaningful to you? And until, uh, until we get to a place where you can feel the meaning or my, the client, the prospective client can like feel the shift in like their life. It's, it's a, it, I will probably pass them to somebody else. Um, because if it is not like this life changing big goal we're working on, I'm probably not the right fit. There's probably, um, there are probably better options. So, um, those are the, those are my main five questions. And, um, it, it helps me even so most people that I talk to don't, we don't end up working together because it's just not like a great fit and not, not because anybody's doing anything wrong, but there are better fits. So I, like I said, F45, orange theory, yoga, CrossFit. Um, there are some personal trainers in town that, um, that I'm becoming more familiar with and, uh, and I'm excited to, be able to, to throw out like, Hey, this is a trusted partner of nine, four coaching. Um, I've already got a pretty robust list of like massage therapists, um, doctors, um, some physical therapists, obviously, uh, Fargo naturopathic is, is a trusted partner of nine, four coaching. Um, and I really want to be able to help everyone. I, everyone I talk to, even if we don't, even if I don't, specifically work with everybody I talk to, I want to be able to help them. I didn't get into, I didn't get into this industry. I didn't get into this business. I didn't leave the military, uh, so that I could just coast, you know, I want to, I want to have a meeting. Like I want to have a meeting. I want to have my legacy. And, uh, so this is, this is working together should be like that deep for my clients that I'm working with. Your real gift to your clients. You're, you're out there to make a, a difference and an impact in their lives. And, and that's hard to find. Well, I, 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 oh, good. I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I really, I, that's exactly my process too. On, and we have to find a meaningful, tangible 
reason on why we're doing something. Because if our energies aren't aligned, I'm going to be working really hard for you to get you to that end result. But if this is something where, oh yeah, that sounds nice, but I don't really know why I'm doing it or why I should do it. Well, we're going to hit a disconnect, right? That patient's either going to fall off my schedule early or they we're going to be hitting some tension in our visits because my my vision for them is going to be large. It's going to be, okay, let's get let's get you as healthy as possible, as well as possible, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and let's make you the best person that you can be. But if to them that's not important to them or they're here because somebody you know, made the appointment for them, or they don't have a clear understanding on what they, they want. And if I don't help them or exactly what you're saying, and if I don't lay out the questions and I don't listen and I don't, you know, think about, well, what is the best thing for this person based on what they're telling me and the questions that I'm asking them? Yeah, I can make this big elaborate plan, but it, that's wasted energy, right? Like if it's not something that the patient's going to do, or they already tried, or it's not aligned with their vision or their energy, well, then that was wasted, wasted time. So I think kind of back to what you're saying on, you know, spending time over, you know, I don't know if you said years or decades of just learning how to listen. I think that's what, that, what, that's what makes the difference um, to patients or clients when they, when they meet somebody who truly listens and asks the right questions, that's when we start to see that, that change. Cause we're actually figuring out, okay, this is that, this is that core issue or that core theme that in my experience, has led people down this similar path. Absolutely. No, and I, I think this is definitely like a, this is a conversation we could have for hours, hours, hours and days. <laughs> um, nerd it, out it, over listening. Oh my God. <laughs> Helping. And it's, it, it's really like, that's one of the huge reasons why journaling is so important. So, so yeah. that when you, when people come into our offices, they've done some of the work, you know, because it, it like, if you were to ask me a year ago, why I built nine, four coaching, it would have been a completely vastly different answer. Cause I'm just, I've had to sit and reflect and like, and do that. So it just, it takes a little bit of time. So I say that yeah. to, um, to say that it's our, our time has, has come to a, a, a close, uh, awesome. but we're, we'll definitely throw this, uh, throw this in the mix for future episodes, um, to sum up actionable tip make your bed, five minutes of journaling, move your body for five minutes, walk around your block. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, absolutely. So thank you for, uh, for joining us on office visits and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Have a thanks. great day. Yeah, you too.